Hi, and welcome to Finding Drishti Podcast. I'm Terry Cohen, a yoga teacher out of Austin, Texas. New this season as a visual supplement to the instruction in the podcast are videos on my YouTube channel. Search Finding Drishti on YouTube and subscribe for the latest videos. Take a seat and listen in. Good morning, everybody. I'm really warm in here, so I've got the fan on. Hopefully it's not causing too much uh, weird background noise. Anyway, um, yeah, this morning uh, I, I was chasing down flies <laughs> because the kids have been leaving the doors open a lot and the flies are coming in because they want air conditioning and they want whatever fruit we have and um, I bring this up because what I've noticed in myself in the last 13 years that I've been practicing yoga now is that I've become very attuned, uh, really quite sensitive in certain of my senses um, and in noticing things uh, more so than I think before. And things like the buzzing sound of a mosquito, like I can hear a mosquito almost at any time. And especially if we get a mosquito in the house, because I'm so sensitive to mosquitoes, like mosquitoes really love me. They bite me all the time. I I can't go outside um, in the summer for longer than, you know, two minutes without being covered in mosquito bites. And my, my husband, for whatever reason, mosquitoes don't like the smell of him. They don't touch him at all. And so he doesn't notice. It's not part of his like awareness. But if we ever get a mosquito in the house, I can hear that whining sound, that high pitched whining sound. And it drives me insane. Like I'm so attuned to that sound because I'm, it's always affected me. And so this morning while I'm trying to just go into the kitchen, get my water, take my medicine, whatever, um, there were these three flies just buzzing about. And even when we're in the kitchen and if my husband's in there too, he doesn't always notice the flies, which drives him crazy because I notice everything. I can hear their little (laughs) around. And (laughs) uh, I don't know if it's like a good thing or a bad thing that I'm so, um, like my senses are so attuned to like those sounds of insects. Um, But it's one of those things that once something has affected you once, um, or if it's affected you a lot of times, then you start to get really sensitive to it. So here's another example. Um, I deal with thyroid disease. Um, I was diagnosed when I was 26, 25. I was 25. I was in grad school and um, things were starting to feel off. And this is before yoga. I started yoga after um, I got that diagnosis because I needed to like bring my system into to a more calm state. Um, but Ever since I was diagnosed, and it was a weird set of symptoms. So for anybody out there who's um, dealt with thyroid disease or has somebody in their lives who who deals with it, it's a really weird set of symptoms that starts out kind of feeling like, maybe I'm just stressed. Um, If you're hyperactive in your thyroid, it feels like stress. It feels like anxiety. It feels like, like your heart is pounding. And at the time when it happens, 
I was in grad school, so I just thought I chalked it up to like I was stressed out. I had an internship going on. I was, you know, a graduate assistant in a computer lab. I had a full course of classes. Our projects were getting a lot more time intensive. And I just assumed that all of that was related to stress. I, I kind of just didn't think about all the other weird um, like just things that were happening in my body. And of course, after I had gotten the blood work and I had gotten these tests done and it showed that my thyroid was incredibly hyperactive and we started this course of medicine. Um, I've had a flare up in the last 13 years a, a few times and some of them were hormonal after having kids, like your hormones just kind of crash and they do weird things. Um, but last year I had a, another little flare up and the symptoms, I had become so attuned to what was happening in my body and noticing those symptoms that the sensitivity of it was, I was almost catching um, my thyroid going off course a little um, before the blood work even really showed any big swings. And so that was really fascinating when I went and did the blood work last year and I was telling my doctor, I was like, I'm, I'm starting to feel all those same symptoms again. They're starting to amp up. Um, I went and, you know, I did my blood work and I was like, let's, you know, let's take a look. Cause I had been fine for the last few years. I was off of medicine. Everything was kind of normal in my thyroid. And when we did the blood work, it, it didn't show a huge, I was like just outside of the normal range. So my body was so attuned to, the symptoms that are normally part of like a normal functioning thyroid to when it goes just a little bit off course that um, they're like, wow, you, you really felt everything. And, and I swear, like when you look at the blood work chart and it's like, here's the normal range. I was like, like one step out. And when I was first diagnosed, I was like, like way out of range. So this kind of, with the yoga, I feel like I'm so much more connected to everything that I feel within my body. I am so much more connected to um, any little fluctuation. And it's kind of what we um, had learned in, in <laughs> different seminars and conversations with master yoga teachers is that um, yogis... The story goes, and I'm, I'm repeating from what I remember from David Swenson. The story behind all of this kind of like weird pranayama stuff that we do in yoga, like the breathing exercises, you know, one nostril at a time, holding the breath, um, working on a long exhale, changing like the space of it, is that these yogis that lived in the mountains, uh, you know, they would go and they would isolate themselves and they would try different things. They would just like, what would happen if I only breathed in? What would happen if I only breathed out and I held that out? You know, what if I try all these different things so that they could become so sensitive to what their bodies and their minds were doing with these different like experiments that they were trying to really get a sense of like, this is why pranayama, we do certain things, right? To balance, you know, right and left hemispheres of our, our brains and our, our sinuses and our whole respiratory system. Um, this is why we've learned that the, 
like a longer exhale is soothing to our our nervous systems because these yogis have done all these different little things out in the mountains way back in the day to create these different pranayama patterns to become more just aligned and connected and really getting that connection inward so that when you start to feel things are a little bit off, you notice them faster. And we wanna do that not only in our breathing practices, um, our pranayama, we wanna do this with our physical practice, our asana, because when you start to feel something is off, right, you wanna be able to make a change there so that you won't injure yourself, that you don't um, overuse certain parts of the body and end up you know, losing structure. Um, so it's really a nice system once you become so in tune with yourself that it's a checks and balances that ends up happening. And we wanna get to that place where the connection is so deep and that it's, it's just part of your everyday, not just like something that goes, oh, this feels weird but we notice it as it's happening so that it doesn't become a place where you've ignored it for so long or it's gotten so much worse or something has changed so drastically that then you have to kind of backtrack your way to rehabbing your body and breath and mind and having to kind of go back in and, and um, like bring things back down to normal. So. Um, and there's always a, a range of normal, you know, some days you're feeling more tired. Some days you're feeling more energetic. Some days, uh, one part of your body is feeling like really good and strong and other days it feels, um, like, nope, not, not into it. I don't want to do it. <laughs> and this is why as a teacher, I try to give you guys more options, um, for vinyasas. I always tell people, you don't have to do any vinyasas. I mean, you should probably do them in your sun salutations and change them up to match what your, your body's feeling that day. But once we get flowing in the practice, um, if doing a vinyasa between the right side and the left side or between the first flow and second flow, like it, those vinyasas are all optional. And actually, I've also told people, if you come to my class, you can do my entire class in Shavasana if that is what your body needs. And that's just the biggest point is listen into your body, listen to what your body needs um, and go from there, make changes from there, make better decisions based on the information that your body is giving you. Because we sometimes ignore what our body's signals are because we think, I'm going to push through. I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to, you know, ignore it. And when we ignore things, we miss the signs and we miss our way of trying to put things back together. So for today's meditation, I really want to hone in on the senses and what we're experiencing. Um, so let's take a comfortable seat. Whether you're kneeling or you're cross-legged, if you need a little cushion, if you need a little something underneath you, go ahead and close your eyes and let's roll the shoulders a few times. Just start to get a good sense of how things are feeling in your head, your neck. Get those shoulders back and behind. Soften the elbows. Let the shoulder blades drop down. A nice big opening across the chest so that when you breathe, 
things can rise, things can fall, things can open, things can close. And your hands are really light here too. So we're not using a hard grip onto the legs. We're allowing them to fall into them. Gravity will take over. And if you're having a hard time with the hands, maybe flip your palms so that you have no nothing to grip onto. And instead we're letting the back of the hands rest. Start to grow the spine really, really tall. Let's take a deep breath in through the nose. Exhale out the mouth. Again, breathe in. Breathe out. And we'll seal the lips, inhale through the nose. Gentle exhale out the nose. So establish your breath here first. Just starting to get a nice slow rhythm in and out of the nose where there isn't any space where the breath is getting stuck, where it feels nice and smooth. And then notice the seat underneath you. Is it soft? Is it hard? Is there some give? Is it firm? And notice the subtle changes of sensation in your seat even as you breathe. There tends to be a feeling of lightness as the inhale comes in and fills the lungs. And then a sense of grounding, a little bit more weight into the seat as you exhale. And notice the sensations in your hips. And whether you're set up in a cross-legged seat or you're kneeling and on a prop, what do you feel in your hips? Are they feeling open, relaxed? Are they resisting? Are they tight? And notice where you have your hands resting against your legs. Can you feel the warmth of your skin? Can you feel the weight of your hands resting on your legs? And whatever you're wearing on your bottom half, and I'm still in my PJ shorts, <laughs> can you feel the texture of the fabric against your skin? Does it feel tight? Does it feel loose? If you're wearing yoga leggings, maybe you feel kind of a hugging sensation against your skin. If you're doing this wearing normal people clothes, right? something with buttons or a zipper, does it feel constricting or does it feel relaxed? And we're 
we're keeping the belly soft in seated meditation. So there isn't this hard drawing in of your core muscles. There should be plenty of room also for your belly to expand and contract with each breath. So now what do you feel in your belly? Are you giving your breath full movement here? Or do you find that you're still holding back? What do you feel on the surface of your skin temperature-wise? Does it feel cool in the room that you're in? Does it feel warm? Does it feel stale? Is there movement of the air in the room? Maybe you have a fan on, maybe you feel the air conditioning on. Maybe you have pets that are running past you and causing a little bit of a breeze. Now what do you notice as you breathe across the chest and into the ribs and into the back body? Do you feel full expansion and contraction there? And as things expand and contract, do you feel your clothes press against you or brush against the skin? Maybe there's a little bit of movement there with the breath. What do you notice here in the shoulders? Do the shoulders feel relaxed? Do they feel like they're caving in? Do you still feel a sense of broadness across the chest and into the back body? Along the spine, do you feel any fatigue from sitting still and sitting quiet? Or maybe this upright position is making you feel energized. Notice what's happening in the throat and in the jaw. Are they starting to clench up a little? Or are they staying loose and relaxed? Notice what's happening between the eyebrows. Are they getting scrunched up? Are they squeezing toward each other? Or are they staying relaxed, softening, a little more space? Now go inward a little, and can you feel the movement of the breath from an internal standpoint? Maybe you feel your diaphragm moving up and down. Or maybe you can feel the subtle pulse of your heart pumping 
getting blood all the way to the fingers and toes and coming back. What do you notice inside of your brain? Does it feel at peace with what you're experiencing or is it feeling agitated? Is your mind starting to dwell on one thing a little too long? Can you bring it back to the present moment and just sense and observe and witness? And then notice on the surface of your skin, the heat that your body is giving off. Maybe that becomes apparent that your seat might feel a little warmer. You are literally warming up whatever your body is touching. So whether that's a cushion or a blanket or whatever's underneath you. And then can you visualize the heat that your body is giving off starting to warm the room? Even if it's just this little bubble that you're sitting in. And when we sense all these different things, it's not to judge, it's not to make any big changes. It's there for us to be present with. To be a companion with yourself. To notice, to witness, to observe. There's no need for any hard analysis here. We do plenty of that during our day already. Being okay with what is. And this is it. This is us sitting at 9, 20 something in the morning in our bodies and breathing. And gently flutter the eyes open. And that was it. Sometimes this practice doesn't have to be anything huge and uh, transformative. Sometimes um, seated meditation is just being quiet with ourselves and being observant. And that's when we really get more sensitive, right? More sensitive to touch, more sensitive to noticing and feeling more sensitive to what's happening inside of us and also just noticing what's happening around us. And so this part of our yoga practice is equally as important as our big movements, our breathing, um, different breathing exercises, our pranayama. And the meditation when we can get more in tune with what's happening, that's what really takes us through those other levels of our eight limb path, right? And starting to get into um, how we get our concentration in place and our concentration becomes so regulated and so integrated into our bodies that it then becomes this meditation that takes us into a higher level and we can get into that in a different chat. <laughs> um, 
but just know that this is this is part of it too this is really a big part of it that a lot of people tend to ignore because it's it it gets a little scary inside right when you start to do meditation at first um, because you feel like my brain can't quiet down or you maybe you've never noticed things before and suddenly you're noticing too much and it you have to do it though um, doesn't always have to be this big grand seated thing um, it can be moving meditation while you go for a walk it can be part of something I know in Montessori um, schooling they'll do kind of like mundane tasks and I've heard from um, people who've done Montessori school that something like washing the dishes or folding the laundry some of these kind of mundane tasks that we do becomes meditative um, just noticing right and turning off the part of your brain that wants to just go for a race and go for a run so anyway thank you guys so much for joining me um, I hope this was helpful I hope this uh, gives you a little bit more to just kind of work with in your bodies and your in your brains and your breath and we'll um, we'll do it again soon all right bye thank you for listening to finding drishti podcast Support this podcast with a donation via Venmo to Terry-Cohen, that's spelled T-E-R-R-I-K-O-E-N, and telling your friends and family. You can find my live online teaching schedule at findingdrishti.com.